Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will get into them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show But before we do any of that, though, let's talk about some unfortunate news that took place over the weekend for the Cowboys. And it has to do with a player arrest, something that unfortunately has not been, you know, infrequent to, to say it one way. Uh, last year, we had some some concerns about all the field issues with some other players. I would even dare say um, way more serious stuff like the Kelvin Joseph incident last year. This is way less serious, but it also leaves the Cowboys, in my opinion, with a very easy decision to make regarding a roster move, which would be essentially moving on from Antonio Callaway and that low-risk, high-reward potential bet that they made a year ago. So we'll get into it tonight. Uh, before, let me say hi to everyone on the show. Uh, thank you to Toxic Tom. Thank you to Katharina. Thank you to Jack, Mark. We've got, who else we've got here? Uh, Henry, thank you for joining the show. Trix, uh, shout out to everybody, both on Facebook and on YouTube. So for those of you who missed it, here's what happened. Let's talk about the facts first, and then we, we'll talk about where did the Cowboys go from here and why, in my opinion, the Antonio Callaway saga should be over at this point, honestly. Uh, I think basically when we go over the details of his of, of, of history, maybe it's it's time for us to, to reach that conclusion. But as you can see, it's not going to be a very, very uh, clear-cut conversation because we just don't know enough about the incident yet. I will agree with that uh, uh, with Toxic. Toxic says, I disagree with Mo at this time. Let's not rush to judgment. So let's get into what happened and then we'll move on to everything else. And, you know, the biggest thing maybe that a Callaway has going for him right now is that he got arrested for something that it's not, it's not a big deal if we're being real with it. So he was part of a traffic stop uh, because the car that he was, the car in which he was on as a passenger was, you know, stopped for speeding And then they were asked to identify themselves. They didn't have to identify themselves by law, but Antonio Callaway did. And that's when he got arrested because there was a warrant to his name because of uh, driving for his, 
excuse me, for a warrant for driving with a suspended license and failing to pay. This scoop is from Fox Sports 640 and this later, and you can read more details of the arrest on ADC Sports or on Slater's Twitter. You can check all, out all of that info, but I'm going to read you some of the stuff that Matthew Lennox, our writer for ADC Sports Dallas, uh, put together, right? Uh, let me read it to you as it as it was, you know, described. Callaway was a passenger in a vehicle that was pulled over for speeding, and per later, the officer asked for everyone's identification for officer safety purposes, and that's when it was shown that Callaway had that warrant for driving with a suspended license and failing to pay. Uh, that led to his arrest, and that's where I kind of circled back to the fact that we have heard some worst, uh, some worst stuff from other players that have remained on the team. Last year, Kelvin Joseph was literally on a car from which lethal shots were fired, and he's still on the Cowboys, and he's still fighting for a roster spot and all of that. And this is not me trying to, you know, say that one is worse than the other, but if we keep it real when we're talking about NFL players and off-the-field issues that teams will look past and off-the-field issues that teams won't look past, you have to admit that there is a direct, direct uh, relation with what that player brings to the table. Jalen Carter got in some trouble. He still was picked very high in the 2023 NFL draft, right? Uh, Antonio Brown at one point kept getting chances in the NFL. And I'm just, you know, coming up with the, the names that have popped to mind. It's not to say that those are the worst ones that we have seen yet. Uh, all of that being said, I think that it's not about this incident in particular that I believe that the Cowboys just should should move on from Antonio Callaway. But I will open it up to the chat before that. Uh, and while I'll give you my logic here, do you agree or disagree that the Cowboys should move on from Antonio Callaway at this point? Here's my logic. I think that at, at one point, you got to give up with a player that has not been able to stay away from trouble. Let's look at his track record because it is a very lengthy track record. He's a guy that has faced multiple suspensions in his NFL career. That includes a four-game suspension in 2019 uh, for violating the league substance abuse policy. When he was reinstated, he was waived from the Browns because he was late to team meetings and practices. And then after being waived, another game, another this time a 10-game suspension was waiting for him. And then there were four more games added on top of those 10 games when the time came for that. So in total, he's been basically suspended 18 games, three different suspensions. And in 2018, and this will sound very familiar, but he was issued a citation for driving with a suspended license. The same reason why he is being arrested today. All right, but that was in 2018. So I do think that at some point I will always agree with second chances and that kind of stuff with some of these players. But I don't know if the risk-reward relationship is there for Antonio Callaway. And that's where I get my conclusion from. 
it's not that, you know, it's not that, oh, forget about, uh, forget about Callaway because he had that suspended license, etc. It's not because of the incident itself. It's because I don't know why you're running that risk and wasting that roster spot with a player whose best case scenario might not even be that good. Uh, he has not played since 2020 when he had like, what, what was the actual number? Let me find it because I have it somewhere in here. Hasn't played a down of regular season football since 2020 when he was targeted four times as a Miami Dolphin in five games played. So I, I just think that the risk-reward relationship is not there. So I'm going to say yes, I would move on from Antonio Callaway. But let's see what you guys have to say about this whole thing. Because I know it's, it's a gray area conversation. It's difficult to figure it out, especially right now that we don't know a lot about the incident. Uh, we just know about the Andy Slater report from Saturday that has all that kind of info. Uh, but yeah, we will have to wait, though. We will have to wait. I do want to make that uh, asterisk right there. Let's see here. Not yet for Jack the Toxic Cactus. Move on for Jeff Clark. John says, Callaway or D-Hop, easy choice. I'm not sure it works that way, but I would also choose D-Hop, yeah. <laughs> uh, Toxic Tom says, no, let the legal system play itself out. Even the police makes mistakes. Why do we have to learn this lesson over and over again? Remember Lucky Whitehead. And that is a very, very fair comment. Michael H. says, uh, traffic violations are not a crime. Driving with a suspended license is bad. Not comparable with driving while under the influence. Katharina says, I would let him go. Thank you to Jay. By the way, thank you to Jay for the super chat. I appreciate the comment. I appreciate the donation. Uh, and, and of course, the comment, man. Uh, Jay, thank you. Thank you for your support. John as well. Mark Aaron. Julio says, I don't see any relation on the Cowboys' decision to make. I think isn't objective at all, especially if we don't know the politics and ethics about the boys' players. Stop it, Mo. Move on. That's fair. That's fair. The relation that I would find there, and just to explain myself a little bit better here if I haven't yet, which is totally fair uh, to disagree with, by the way, but it's if I'm keeping a player on my roster that has consistently found himself ways to get into trouble because for those of you who are not familiar with Antonio Callaway, this happened when he was at Florida, when he was in college. He had all of these off-the-field issues that people hoped they wouldn't translate to the NFL, and yet they did, and they continue to do, especially if this turns out to be the case that he, you know, was arrested because there was actually a warrant on him, etc. I think that Andy Slater is a pretty reliable reporter, by the way, so we're not going by a, a random guy on Twitter. He is uh, he's a reliable source of information, so let's put that on the table as well. And I do think that you have a limited amount of resources, and I'm not talking about the money. I'm talking about those 90 roster spots, and I'm talking about those practice reps. And that might seem far-fetched, but we have all of these UDFA wide receivers that we like to talk about. And I don't see the potential reward for carrying Antonio Callaway, even in that offseason roster, when looking at the, the problems that, he, that, that come with him. That's my point, essentially. So there is a relationship there. You might not think that it's a 
big deal, and that is totally fair. But there is a, re a direct relation with a player that is on your roster, occupying a roster spot, eating up practice reps. There is a relationship between that and him getting into trouble for sure. That's my uh, opinion. However, I do agree with everyone saying that let's wait until we get more information. I think that part of it is totally fair. I will just say that, you know, in, in the sense of the actual report from Andes later, I would find that pretty reliable. Could there have been a mistake and all of that? Yep, that's probably, uh, I mean, that is not probably, but let's say it is possible that there were some mistakes being made there. But I don't know. I think that Callaway's track record, if it ends up being the case, what happened uh, this weekend, I would just think that it's it's time to move on for the Cowboys, honestly. That's just my take on, on things. Uh, by the way, welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. Do me a favor and hit the like button for me. Uh, every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. So I really appreciate you taking one second or a fraction of a second to go ahead and smash that like button. Uh, let's see here. Katharina says... He should have cleaned up his tough backup in college. Why are you even driving without a license? Not letting go too many times. It's Katharina. And just to be clear, regarding the Saturday incident, he was not driving, but the warrant was the one that, you know, he, he, had, he had that warrant for driving with a suspended license and not paying for it. John says, why don't it, why don't they try D-Hop for a season or two? Wouldn't be the worst Dallas choice ever made. Now, I would like D-Hop. Uh, the reason why. And Julio also asked about Hopkins, and we had a full show about this. The reason why I don't think Hopkins will end up with the Dallas Cowboys is a price tag. And there have been more reports about this whole thing after we had that initial show. There have been some reports about Hopkins not prioritizing playing with one of the top quarterbacks that he's been hyping up in the podcast appearances and all of that because he is preferring to opt for the price tag. Now, this was from a report from The Athletic, basically ruling out the Buffalo Bills as a potential landing spot for D-Hop. Uh, who knows if that is true? Who knows if, if, if things change there? But it does sound like Hopkins is looking to get paid. And I don't know if that's the path that the Cowboys would take if they do target D-Hop. Let's see what you guys have to say. Uh... John says, me too. Michael H. says, Cowboys have an idea who they will keep in the wide receiver room and who they will move on from. Cowboys not sweating him. Well, and that's kind of like the point as well, if you think about it. At least that's how I would look at it. Why would you? If you already know where things are going anyways, I don't think it's for the camp body. I think that you have the camp bodies right now, even without Callaway, if that makes sense. Uh, John says Tolbert is turning heads. I'm hearing Lauren Michael says any good updates on Jalen Tolbert. He really had, uh, he really has to be that difference this year, says Lauren Michael. I think that we'll get a much more clearer idea of Tolbert when the pads come on in training camp. But I thought that the top nugget there that you could point to right now on that wide receiver four battle is what Patrick Walker had to say with my colleague. Uh, Skywalker Steel on the morning show, uh, Patrick Walker said that Simi Fihoko right now has the lead.
to be the number four wide receiver. So I thought that was pretty interesting. We'll see what happens with Tolbert. Hopefully, he is able to make that jump uh, because the Cowboys, I do agree, really could use that. Really, really could use that. Uh, anyways, let's move on to another more positive slash optimistic report that I wanted to talk about today with you guys. And this has to do with Trayvon Dix, cornerback for the Cowboys. According to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, during an appearance on Sports Center in recent weeks, the Cowboys and Trevon Diggs camp have touched base and have started discussing a potential deal for Trevon Diggs. Now, right now, the cornerback market in annual average salary, I mean, yeah, annual average salary, top of the market. Jair Alexander, Green Bay Packers cornerback for $21 million per year. My question from me to you guys in tonight's episode of Primetime is the following. Do you think Trevon Diggs becomes the highest paid corner in the league when the Cowboys and him, if and when, they reach a deal? Yes or no? Does Trevon Diggs become the highest paid cornerback in the NFL let me know what you think about that in the chat. And while you do that, and before I give you my answer, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. Because it's another week, and that means another ride of the week from our friends. You can check out their car dealership at Irving, Texas. It's a family-owned business, has been so for over 65 years. You can check out their wide range of new and used vehicles at the, at the dealership or at the website at FreemanMazda.net. In there, you can see features of every car. You can see pictures of the outside and inside of the vehicle. And as we do around this time here on the show, it is time for us to get into the Freeman Mazda Ride of the Week. 2023 Mazda CX-30 2.5S Preferred All-Wheel Drive. This one starts at $30,205. It's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, rain-sensing wipers, adaptive cruise control, a blind spot monitor, and a miles per gallon capacity of 26 when you are in the city. That goes up to 33 when you are on the highway. Make sure you check it out over at FreemanMazda.net. Say that Trevon Diggs, Diggs gets paid. Does he get $21 excuse me, million per year or more? Does he become the highest paid cornerback? Let's see what you guys have to say. Most definitely, says Katharina at Facebook. Lance Bell says, absolutely, pay the man. Pay CDN Micah before Dix, says 6 to midnight. I'll say this in the Cowboys defense, though. You cannot start negotiating a contract with Micah Parsons right now because he needs to have played his third NFL season, and that has not happened yet. He's just two years in, so even if the Cowboys wanted to agree to, to a deal with Micah, it's not happening yet because of the CVA. However, there is a conversation to be had there as to what should be the biggest priority. C.D. Lamp or Trayvon Dix? 
John says no, but he should be given more than a fair salary. Geff says no, the Cowboys will let him walk. Oh, Toxic Tom says yes, with both annual average value and guaranteed money. He has earned it. John says that he likes Trayvon Diggs. Mark Aaron says Freeman Mazda sponsored by Antonio Calloway says Mark Aaron. Oh, come on, man. Oh. <laughs> We'd love to see his big brother in, in Big D, says John. Oh, they, they tweeted out or, or posted, I don't know where, in which social media it originated from, but they posted a video of Stefan Dix and Trevon Dix just going at it in the backyard. Man, as a brother of two, I mean, well, we're, we're a group of three brothers, and I grew up with them, and I remember those backyard games. I cannot imagine how, how that looks like and what two NFL players feel. Because it's not only that they're brothers, it's that it's wide receiver, cornerback. Like if the Watt brothers meet up for a backyard session. And oh my God, JJ is retired, by the way. Just dawned on me a little bit there. Uh, but if JJ and TJ Watt get together and to train, you know, they're both edge rushers. They're both defensive linemen uh, or outside linebackers, if you want to say that about uh, TJ. But you know my point. You're not going against each other like Trayvon and, and Stefan are. So I think that's awesome. That's that's a pretty cool story. But yeah, I do think that Trayvon Diggs would become the highest paid cornerback in the league. There was a pro football focus projection that didn't have him as such. Now, as always, just a reminder, when we talk about who's the highest paid cornerback or the highest paid player at this or that position, it's usually an overblown conversation. Because maybe the average per year salary is not necessarily there, but the signing bonus and the guaranteed money makes it worth it. Or maybe it's a front-loaded contract in which the player will receive most of the catch in the first two years, and that's why that's the better deal instead of another one. So we, we as fans and as media, we overblow these conversations every single time. But I do think, there is a meaning behind becoming the highest paid player at your position. And agents are probably smart to fight for that type of stuff, even if it's a minuscule difference. Because when you're seeking that new deal, you have that you know track record of, oh, I have already reset the NFL market. I'm going to do it again, you know? So that would make a lot of sense. I think that he will become the highest paid cornerback. I think that where the conversation becomes very interesting is which deal comes first. See the lamb, you have the fifth year option. Maybe you're not that worried about the last year on the deal, right? Because it's still a little bit further into the future. I do think, however, that the Trevon Diggs contract is easier to pull off than the CD lamb contract. I'm not saying that they will let CD walk or the other way around because I think that they will both stay Dallas Cowboys for a long time. But if you look at the wide receiver market, it has been wildly, intensely shifting over the last few years. And we have had some seasons in which uh, two or three players become the highest paid wideouts in the NFL as the offseason goes. At a cornerback, though, things have been much more 
static. There has not been a lot of movement in there. Trevon Diggs, sure, he became the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. But for a long time, the market was kind of like stuck. And maybe that had to do with some white, uh, with some corners being overpaid at one point of their careers. And maybe that putting a cap on the cornerback market. And maybe that's shifting a little bit lately. Maybe we're starting to see higher and higher deals. But it's not going to be a massive, massive, uh, like, world or shift from one contract to another, like the ones that we have seen in the wide receiver position. Like, you look at what has happened, right, really uh, really quickly here on overthecap.com, and you've got wide receivers making $30 million per year on average, at least based on new money, right? That's Tyreek Hill. Then Devontae Adams was $28 million. Cooper Cup is $26.7 million. A.J. Brown, $25 million. Stephon Diggs, $24 million. And these are all recent, recent contracts as opposed to what you see at a cornerback where it's Gary Alexander, right? Gary Alexander at number one. And then I'm trying to see who else is on the list, but I'm getting some ads here and over the cap. Uh, Denzel Ward at $20 million. Jalen Ramsey at $20 million, and Marlon Humphrey, $19.5. And then all of the names below are also below $20 million per year. It's been much more static. I think that the Trevon Diggs contract is easier to, to reach. And if you are able to agree to terms with Trevon Diggs, then every other extension becomes a little bit easier and easier and easier because you're opening up cap space right now for you to get that money out. And quote-unquote front load the deals, at least uh, in terms of the signing bonus, etc., which is not exactly front loading. So I apologize for the confusion. But yeah, Michael Age says CD will get more money because of the fifth year. By the time that it is to get paid, the wide receiver market will have more money. Yeah, I won't. I won't read that, Mark. No, sir. Uh, Lance Bell says pay him now. If he has another crazy old pro year, it's gonna be crazy. Toxic Tom says, get the DAC deal done before any other extension uh, still waiting, says Toxic Tom. And that would be very helpful because you would open up uh, cap space over the next couple of years at the very least. So, yeah, I think that would be pretty smart. I wonder where and when that will take place for Dallas because I do think still that the DAC Prescott extension is imminent and that it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. I'm not sure in what shape form or timing, but Dak Prescott is getting extended in my opinion. We've talked about this before. If they don't, he's going to count 50, $59 million towards the salary cap. So it's not happening. Chances are it's that they happen in a bunch, right? Like chances are that in a span of three days, it's going to be Dak Prescott and Trevon Diggs and maybe even CD Lamb's contract announced. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, naturally, my bold prediction for the offseason is that if that vacation that I've been talking about does happen, it's going to happen right then. I, I just know it. I just know that when when I get that vacation, when I finish planning it a little bit, uh, that's exactly when the Dak Prescott contract will be announced. I'm pretty sure of that. Gregory says, uh, Dak, CD, Micah, Trayvon, how are they going to pay 
all of these guys. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be an accounting challenge for the Cowboys. I will say this, though. They are all drafted players, so I'm really looking forward to seeing if they do end up agreeing to a surprising divorce. I don't see it happening. I don't see the Cowboys moving on from any of those four names. If you had to force me to bet on one name out of those four, with Dak, CD, Micah, and Trevon Dix, I would bet that they would let go of Dix if it had to be one of them. But they are all their guys. They are all their guys. It's not like one of them got to Dallas like Amari Cooper did, and they were comfortable just letting him walk when the time came. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for the Trayvon Diggs conversation. Just wanted to provide you with that update. Jeremy Fowler from ESPN saying that both the Cowboys and Trayvon are having early tap talks, or at least have talked over the last few weeks. Something to keep a very, very close eye on. Now, to close out the show, and before we get out of here on this Sunday night, and before I let you go and enjoy the NBA Finals a little bit more in depth and a little bit with a little bit more attention, I just had a random story for you of last week about Dak Prescott's $18 gift that could help turn around the career of wide receiver Jalen Tolbert. Obviously an exaggeration, but it's something that I wrote about for ADC Sports. And it was a fun one to put together because, man, when we talk about the issues that somebody like Jalen Tolbert went through as a rookie, I think that maybe sometimes we overlook how important the mental aspect of it is. And talking to the media in a video that you can check out on the Dallas Cowboys YouTube channel, Tolbert talked about the fact that he was not able to put it past him, to put that disappointing rookie season past him while the season was being played. But that it was until later that he found a way, you know, with family, with friends, to settle down, to basically find himself and, in his own words, become that dude again. Uh, but he mentioned something pretty interesting that I thought would be something that you guys would enjoy to hear. He mentioned that Dak Prescott actually gave him a book. And that book is priced at $18, which is why that number is uh, on the graphic right now. But he got him, Dak Prescott personally got him Relentless, which is a book by Tim Grover, somebody that trained uh, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, other standout NBA players. And essentially what the book is trying to do is reveal, quote unquote, what it takes to achieve total mental and physical dominance, showing you how to be relentless and achieve whatever you desire. Listen, at the end of the day, a motivational book, right? Uh, basically a specialized, or at least the author specialized in athletes. So I think that it was a cool story to hear Galen Tolbert be pretty upfront about things and say that he was losing it basically. Because that's what he says in the in the interview. He says that he was not there, that he was not able to put it past him and move on. And it wasn't until after the season 
when he started finding himself. And, and he went over the details too, by the way. Uh, one of the things that he says on that interview is that he also got to running routes with Dak Prescott and getting to work right away. He said that he's he has flushed it and he's ready for next year. But when he went into the details of his struggles, really puts it into perspective just how difficult that transition to the NFL really is. And Tolbert explained, I could feel myself just not confident in everything. Sometimes, you know, maybe I had to go to play the X or the C or the Y or whatever. And I wasn't as confident at that certain time at that spot. So I would start thinking. And then obviously, as I said, once you're, you're on out, you think about splits, depth, coverage, you know, planes, plays being snapped. So now you're not playing as fast as you want to. And then a cover switch and they disguised it. And he just went through all of that. He also said, and this is something that also interested me. He, he also said that T.Y. Hilton is somebody that helped him out last year. Uh, he said that, you know, they talked about T.Y. and how he became who T.Y. is. And he got that guidance from Hilton. So I wonder if the Cowboys kind of like uh, still have T.Y. Hilton on their radar as a potential late offseason signing for the Cowboys. We'll see. If they believe that he can be a mentor to some of these guys, including Tolbert, that's then an, an extra value added to the whole thing. So, you know, uh, the book, I know that it's kind of like a none to not too relevant story, but I thought it was cool to see that, you know, Dak Prescott getting him a book to help him out. It goes to show maybe that the Cowboys players and coaches really do think that for Tolbert, it was more of a mentality issue as a rookie. I don't want to say that it's confirmation that that's what it is, uh, but I do want to say like it's it's relevant in that sense, in my opinion, that maybe it is true that it's more about the mentals than the physical stuff for Jalen Tolbert. Who knows how that's going to play out? I still think that Tolbert's range of future scenarios is pretty, pretty wild. Because I could see him becoming the number four wide receiver, while I could also see him being a roster cut, a surprising roster cut. But nevertheless, we'll find out. Hopefully, all of that helps. Ho hopefully, a mental reset will help Jalen Tolbert as he tries to compete with Simifehoko for the number four spot and maybe some UDFAs as well. Toxic Thompson with that book has more pages and yards he had last year. I knew that there were some there, there were some uh, gonna be some fun comments after the book thing. I just knew it. Somebody said the offsides. It was also toxic, Tom. Shout out to everybody for joining tonight's show. By the way, this will be it for me tonight on the show. I will be back tomorrow night. We are doing the installs at one point this week. I'm gonna put that out there because that way I'm gonna pressure myself into preparing that show. But we're going to go through what a Mike McCarthy install of a play uh, looks like. So we're going to learn something about football and we're going to have some fun. And we're going to just try to appreciate how NFL players work at this time of the year. Because Mike McCarthy slides specifically are pretty fun. They're very detailed. So I want, I want us, to, I want us to, to get in there and have some fun. Charger computer mode, says Mark Aaron. Yes, yes. Actually, I risked it. It's not plugged in tonight. The thing is, 
if it was fully charged, I can get through the show just like that. Uh, I have it calculated very carefully. <laughs> uh, William, thank you for joining the show as well. I'm, I'm also not worried about the Callaway situation, which is part of the theory behind my show too, from tonight. So thank you. Thank you for joining the show. I appreciate all of you guys. That will be it. And remember that Prime Time is brought to you by our friends over at PrimitMazda.net. We will talk more about them throughout the entire week. Make sure you check them out at PrimitMazda.net. Thank you very much. Enjoy the NBA. And I will see you mañana. Muchísimas gracias. Bye-bye.